BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi there, you're listening to the Lazy Genius Podcast. I am Kendra Adachi, and I'm here to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today is episode 176 why fall reading might not be working for you. There's so much out there about fall reading and fall books and people getting excited. And while you could easily be one of those people, I know I am, a lot of us also feel a little confused in the conversation. Why is everybody so obsessed with reading in the fall? What if I don't know what fall books are supposed to feel like? And when do people have time to read anyway? If that is you, you'll really enjoy this episode. And if you're already pretty steady in your reading rhythm, I think there are some questions in this episode, as well as a list of what's on my fall reading stack that could shed some new light on a well-worn, well-loved pastime. Before we jump in, two quick things regarding reviews. First, a couple of weeks ago, I announced a giveaway for folks who left podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts, and you guys were amazing. You left so many kind reviews. It was amazing. Our download numbers have been up since then, and I think that that surge in reviews had something to do with it. So thank you for that. More people are learning the lazy genius way and feeling better and less stressed about life, and you're just a huge part of that. So thank you. Because reviewer names don't have email addresses attached to them, I'm just going to share the three winners for the um, Amazon gift cards right here. And if you're one of those people, would you email us at Kendra, that's K-E-N-D-R-A, at thelazygeniuscollective.com. We'll get your, your gift card out to you as soon as possible. So the three random giveaway winners are DRK Red 504, so Dark Red 504, Sandy198128 and Upside Down M. So if you are one of those people, um, email us and we will send you your prize. And thank you to all of you who left reviews. It's just so kind. And then the quick, like the other thing regarding reviews is if you have read my book, The Lazy Genius Way, thank you, and um, have not yet left a review of it on Goodreads or Amazon Would you consider doing that this week? Right now we have 509 Amazon reviews and 1,420 reviews on Goodreads, which is bonkers, but there's always room for more. So if you loved the Lazy Genius Way and you want to shout it from the rooftops, leaving a review is a great way to do that. Uh, It helps me. It helps future readers. 
it's just such a kindness because the number of reviews, it like reflects credibility in some ways, not always, but you know, if you, if you're looking for a book and you see a book that has 2000 reviews versus 12 reviews, you might be more inclined to check out the book that has 2000. So again, not always, but if you have kind words to say about the book and you want to share them publicly, leaving a review would be absolutely amazing. So I just want to thank you in advance for doing that. Okay. Books. Speaking of books, let's not talk about my book anymore. Let's talk about books in general. So I asked y'all about, um, I asked you what your questions were about fall reading uh, on Instagram. I actually answered a lot of them on Instagram stories over the weekend, which I saved to a highlight at The Lazy Genius. So if you want to go check it out. But for the purposes of today, we're kind of talking bigger strokes here. Let's talk about the following. Why fall reading? Why? Like what's special about fall reading? How do you choose what to read? When do you read? And then I'll share what I plan on reading. So we're looking at the why, the uh, how, the when, and the what. Basically, I love making fall reading this amazing quest. I want to capitalize on the particular vibe of fall reading and make it really feel legit. So we're gonna we're gonna do that together today. And this could give you a little life into your sort of fall reading rut or what is fall reading anyway. If reading is just not working for you right now, hopefully this episode is going to help. So first up, why fall reading? What is so special about fall reading? And here's where we start. What is fall reading to you? It doesn't matter what books feel like fall to me. You need to choose books that feel like fall to you. You have to name that for yourself, right? It depends on where you live, what stage of life you're in, how you feel about the season of fall in general or the season of life that you're in, what you like to get out of your books. You know, there are just a multitude of factors that make your fall reading your fall reading. And you do not need to copy how someone else does it or feels about it in order for it to count. In fact, you don't even have to change your reading like in the slightest around fall if it doesn't feel any different to you. It's all your call. So that's the main thing. If you want fall reading to feel important to you, name what's important about it to you and then make the rest of your decisions based on that. This is how we're a genius about things that matter. If reading matters, you're not going to know how to be a genius about your fall reading if you don't know what matters about your fall reading. As an example, I'll give you what matters to me. Fall reading to me is reading as much as possible, truly. I love reading on my porch when it's cool, on my porch swing at night, like wrapped in a blanket. I love reading at night before bed when it's really, really already dark. Cause you know, in the summer, it takes longer to get dark where I live. And, you know, I love to read throughout the day when I have time. Basically, there's something I just want to read as much as possible in the fall, which I really am not tr- sure is true of other seasons. The reason for that, I think, for me, is that reading is grounding. It feels like home. So in a season that definitely already feels like home, fall is a very, a very homish, cozy season. It can also be a bit busy, right? Reading helps me be still and aware of the coziness around me. I just really love the peace that comes from reading in the fall. And I also really like to read things that feel like fall to me. That's another thing that matters, which leads us to how do you choose what to read? 
much like you would choose from words to describe your personal style or how you decorate your house or, you know, anything else that's kind of unique to you, name some words. Like think about some words that describe the kinds of books that feel like fall to you. Some ideas, cozy, spooky, joyful, mysterious, romantic. Think about genres that feel like fall to you. Mysteries, horror, fantasy, dystopian, classics. A lot of people love to read classics in the fall. And if you're still having trouble naming any of those things, name a few titles of books you've already read that you're like, yeah, that's a fall book. Yeah. And once you list some of those out, just pay attention to what they have in common in plot, in setting, in character, or just how they make you feel. Again, this is up to you. And it doesn't have to be complicated or exactly right. Just say some words out loud that describe what fall reading is to you. And then that helps you choose what you'll actually read. You're limiting your choice down to books that only fit the qualifications of a fall read. So for example, I don't read romance novels in the fall. I mean, I don't read romance novels a ton anyway, but they feel very much like summer books to me. So if I choose a romance novel, even one that's at the top of everyone's list, and I read it in the fall, I'm pretty confident I would stall out and I would lose my reading momentum because that just doesn't feel like fall. You'll have so much time to read books in your life. So don't feel the pressure to be able to read everything right now, right? Just choose books from a limited framework of books that feel like fall to you. Once you know your framework for fall books, start choosing just a handful of titles that feel right based on that framework. You likely have a TBR list already, a to be read list. Pick three titles from that list that you'll read this fall, you know, or walk to your shelf of unread books and pick out three that fit that fall vibe you just named or grab some that you want to reread. If you have neither of those things, a TBR list or books in your house that are unread, which I find a little unlikely that you have neither, but if that's the case, check out some trusted book recommendation voices like Ann Bogle from the podcast, What Should I Read Next? Uh, Jamie from the Instagram account, Absorbed in Pages, or you can look at Greenlight Books from the podcast with Knox and Jamie. Or here's my favorite, actually. Go to your local independent bookstore if you have one that's open and tell them what fall reading feels like to you and then ask them to recommend something that fits what you're looking for. That is what they're so good at. So remember, there's just no right or wrong here. There's no complete. There is no perfect. It's just books, right? And if you don't read everything that feels like fall this fall, you will likely have another fall to keep going. We think that if we can't do it all, then we might as well do nothing. Wouldn't it be nice to read one book this fall that feels really special to you in the season, then read nothing because you feel badly that you might only read one book? Don't do that. Be kinder to yourself than that. Okay, next up. This is the kicker. When. When does one find time to read? (laughs) This is true in all the seasons, but I think fall definitely has its own vibe. We are on the front end of new routines heading into a busy holiday season for many folks listening. So it's almost like you have to fit in reading wherever you have cracks. You're still figuring out what the routine looks like anyway. And so you just, and you likely did not include reading in that routine. 
sometimes post-holiday winter and early spring, for example, those are easier times to find space to read because you're not really doing a whole lot around that time of year. Fall is different. Fall for me, often it needs a, a bit more intention in choosing when I read. And because I've named that and know that, I can create a little system using lazy genius principles to support what matters, which is to read as much as possible. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. Last year, Kaz and I went to Italy and holy moly, what a trip. The museums, the food, the culture. At least once a week, I still think about the gelato. One thing that would have been nice, though, is to know actual Italian. We used translation apps and we made it work, but I love that I can start learning new languages for future trips now with Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with 25 languages to choose from. I can learn on the go with downloadable offline lessons in the app or at my desktop. My favorite feature, though, is true accent, which gives me feedback on how well I'm pronouncing words as I'm learning them. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Lazy Genius podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com genius. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com genius today. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is sponsored by Pros. I started using Pros because of a podcast ad over three years ago, and my hair has never been happier. Your hair and skin can sway your mood, they can impact your days in ways that you cannot underestimate. That's why Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. I love my Made for Kendra shampoo and conditioner formulas more than any other products I've ever tried on my hair. With Pros, it's easier to care for my hair and feel confident in how it looks daily. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash lazy genius. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash lazy genius. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash lazy genius. This episode is sponsored by Wayfair. I love being home, especially now that my home reflects my style. No matter your style, Wayfair is your go-to destination for home decor. The Waberhood exists in every zip code because Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love and makes it easy with fast and free shipping. We just hung the Sabine metal curved oval mirror in our dining room, and it's like the room took a deep breath and suddenly feels like itself. To find your own happy place in the Waberhood, just visit Wayfair on their website or through the Wayfair mobile app. Wayfair, every style, every home. So my most impactful principle on when I read is to decide once. I'm going to decide one time when I read so that I actually do it. And I don't have to wonder when I'll actually be able to find time to read. Because we all have times we can read. 
no matter how busy we are. However, not choosing those times on purpose means that you're cramming your reading into the cracks or you're choosing a show or something else instead, which is not bad, by the way. Books are not better than shows as a rule. Now, you might personally love books more than shows or vice versa, but there's no universal human rule that says that one is better than the other. That's something you get to decide for yourself, right? Just want to make sure you know that. But back to the decide once. So I have decided when I read and even the kind of book I'll read during that time. So here's the rhythm. My rhythm is I read in the morning before anyone wakes up. I do it because I love it and need it. Not because getting up early makes me better or is the thing that everyone is supposed to do. It's very much not true. But I personally get up at 5.30 every weekday morning and I read nonfiction for about an hour. I have two types of nonfiction that I read in the morning. One is something that's more like spiritual in nature. And the other is something kind of in an other category, but more or less educational. So for example, right now I am reading Grateful by Diane Butler Bass. It's really good. And The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. This way I am balancing books that are good for my soul and also books that are good for my brain to learn. And then I still get to read stories because the rest of the day I read fiction. Now, I used to adopt the Brie McCoy method, which was to read spiritual nonfiction in the morning, educational nonfiction throughout the day, and then fiction at night. Now, since I don't always get to read as much at night as I'd like, depending on what's going on in our lives, after morning reading, the, the rest of the day is fiction. And uh, right now I am reading a very fall feeling book to me. It's called Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children by Ransom Riggs. Ransom Riggs. The book I finished before that was Mexican Gothic that I got from Book of the Month, which I loved, like legit loved. It was so incredibly fallish for me. It had like a very gothic Rebecca vibe. If you're into the book Rebecca or you ever saw that movie with Joan Fontaine and Maximil Maxim. I can't remember the, the actor's name at this point. It's leaving me. And then the scary lady with the tight dark bun. So it's a really great movie. It's an Alfred Hitchcock movie. If you want to watch something that's like sort of spooky, but not very scary for the fall, that's like a side note. But this book felt like that movie just set in Mexico with like a spicy heroine. It was really fantastic. Um, so anyway, back to the when. So the broad when for fiction for me is anything not in the morning. Okay. But I have decided once to read when I eat lunch instead of listening to a podcast or watching a show on my phone. I've decided once to read then. I've also decided once to read for like the half hour between when I put Annie to bed and when the boys are done with their night screen time and they come into the living room with us. So that that's like a like a half an hour difference from when I leave the room and say goodnight to her and then they come into the living room. So I tried to read then and to make sure that I can do that, I try and tidy before I start putting Annie to bed so that when I walk into the living room, it feels welcoming and ready for me. That is using the principle of ask the magic question. What can I do now to make my reading time easier later? I can have the room picked up and my book on the table by the couch, right? So that's uh, during lunch, that half hour between Annie and the boys. I also read for at least 10 minutes before I go to bed, once I'm in bed. 
And then anything outside of those times is gravy. And there's often a lot of gravy, depending on the day or depending on what I'm reading, if I can't put it down. But even if there's no gravy, that's still over two hours of reading a day, which is a lot of time. We think we don't have time and then feel ashamed when people say, well, how much time do you spend on Instagram? And then we just feel bad and don't want to read it all. That's not what this is. You, You do think that you don't have time. I do that too. Because we build it big. We think that if we don't have a leisurely two-hour afternoon to read all at once in one chunk in a fully cleaned house with a fridge that's full of prepped food, like that it doesn't count. Like if you read when your house is dirty, it doesn't count. And it's garbage. So just decide once when you're going to read. Pick one time. Go ahead and decide what kind of book you'll read during that time if that helps. And then just do it. It doesn't matter how short it is. It's still counts. And then you can use other principles like the magic question to make that decision easier to stick to later. You can use the principle of letting people in by telling the people that you might live with that you would really like this time to just be a few minutes of intentional daily reading time, that that's important to you and let them support that. You can be kind to yourself, which is another lazy genius principle when you don't make it to your regular reading time right? Don't overcomplicate it. We tend, we're very good at overcomplicating things. Don't overcomplicate it. Okay, now to the fun list part. I'd love to share with you what I am reading this fall or what I plan to read, I guess is fair. And if I don't, no sweat, like for real, plans are not promises. They're just plans when it comes to reading, right? I will sometimes add a book based on a recommendation from my sister who is my personal book vibes whisperer, and she always knows what I will love. I also might add something um, if it's available from book of the month, which I pay for, by the way. They are sometimes a sponsor on the show, which I also love. Um, They're not a sponsor this week. But I will will put a link to Mexican Gothic, that book I mentioned from them, if you want to add it to your next book of the month order. Um, And any other number of factors. Like I might add to this list. If something makes me excited to read, I'll read it. My whole point is to read as much as possible and not lose momentum. So if a book makes me lose momentum or gain it, I'm going to quit that book or I'm going to add that book, right? Momentum is the goal for me, not sticking to the plan exactly or finishing a book that's not working for me right now. I mean, it might work for me again, but it's not right now. So I'm going to leave it because I don't want to lose my momentum because momentum and reading as much as possible is what matters to me in the fall. Okay, so my fall stack as a reminder, I've said this in another episode before, I have a rule that of, it's a house rule, um, which is another principle in the lazy genius way. I have a rule that of the three types of books that I'm reading at any given time, spiritual, nonfiction, educationalist-ish, nonfiction, and then fiction, one must be a BIPOC author. I want to read diverse, diversely on purpose. So this is, it's just a really easy way to do that by making sure at least one of my three is accomplishing that, right? Okay, so I just wanted to say that for the record as I give you my lists. Okay, so again, um, right now I am reading Grateful by Diane Butler Bass, The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children by Ransom Riggs. My books that will likely be up next in my spiritual nonfiction category, 
Shalom Sisters by Oshita Moore. I love her on Instagram. And The Furious Longing of God by Brennan Manning. I've never read that book before and I've always wanted to. The other nonfiction books are Be the Bridge by Latasha Morrison and A Short History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson. Bill Bryson is the one who wrote The Body. If you've been getting uh, my latest lazy letter for a while, I think it was last year I read The Body. I loved The Body. I love the way Bill Bryson writes. So I'm super Super pumped about this one. And reading about history feels very fallish, right? It's like back to school. It's just got a good vibe. The fiction books. Okay, so for me, the fiction books need to be fantasy or mysterious. That is my fall vibe for fiction. So I am choosing The 100,000 Kingdoms by N.K. Jemison, The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson, and The Shadows by Alex North. Those last two are both book of the month picks, by the way. They just do such a great job picking books. I'm also probably going to reread Jaber Crow, if it feels right. I mean, I read it just a few months ago at the start of the pandemic, but I already want to read it again, especially in the fall. So we'll see. So all of these books I own and are on my shelf ready for me. Like I already pulled them out and made a stack. So there's not a lot of hardship in picking one up when it's time, which is so great. Okay, so fall reading needs to be by your own definition. You decide what it means for you and what books feel like fall reading because we all like different things. That might be why you're stuck. You haven't named what matters to you yet. And then you can decide once when you read and maybe even what you read during certain times. You can apply other lazy genius principles like ask the magic question, let people in, Start small. Actually, in light of that one, I hope that you are inspired to make your own fall reading stack, even if it is just one book. One book is enough if you'd like to start reading. Don't feel badly because your stack doesn't have eight books or 20 books or whatever. That's not fair or kind to yourself because it doesn't actually matter how many books you read or don't read as long as you're reading based on what matters to you. Okay, so again, I answered a lot of other fall book questions on Instagram over the weekend. So you can go check out the highlight fall reading to see those. And if you are new around here and are intrigued by these lazy genius principles that I keep mentioning, I encourage you to check out the lazy genius way. Maybe you can even add it to your fall stack. That would be so fun. It is a book of 13 super actionable principles that help you create a life of meaning based on what matters to you. And you also get stuff done in the process. It is equal parts system and soul. And if you enjoyed this episode, I know you'll love the book for real. Again, there are over 500 Amazon reviews if you want to get a feel for how it's helped other people. Okay, that's it for today. I cannot wait to see your fall reading stacks. I'm so glad to have spent this last little bit with you. And I'm just so grateful for your time and attention in the most sincere way. There are there are just a lot that you could be listening to right now. And so it means the world that you would choose to listen to this. Be well, my friends. And until next time, be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. I'm Kendra. I'll see you next week. Capella University. 
you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.